Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When it comes to mass shootings, the names are all too familiar. Columbine, Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook, Parkland, and now Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. The U.S. gun homicide rate is 26 times that of other high-income countries, according to research by Everytown for Gun Safety, a U.S. gun control organization. More people die from gun violence by early February in the U.S. in a typical year than during an entire calendar year uh, in peer countries, according to that organization. Now, Canada has not been immune to these tragedies, but the United States inhabits a unique cultural and legal context. As Canadians, we consume American news, current affairs, and culture. How can we not be impacted, some would argue? After all, they are our neighbors. But does American gun violence impact Canada? Uh, well, joining us now to discuss the issue is Ju Yang Lee, Professor of Sociology, Gun Violence, and Global Affairs at the University of Toronto. Professor Lee, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Uh, Professor Lee, what impact do you think events like Uvalde this week, but many others that I've described uh, in this introduction, what impact do, the, do these stories have on Canada in your mind? Well, that's a great question. I think in Canada there tends to be this re response where we, we hear about these tragic mass shootings happening in the U.S. and there's a little bit of back padding. People in Canada um, look at the, these tragic stories, these sad stories of what's going on in the U.S. and they think to themselves, I'm so glad to live in Canada because Canada is not at all like this. And to some extent, they're correct. Canada does not have the same rate of violence that we see in the U.S. But the other reality is that Canada is actually uh, much more similar to the U.S. than sometimes we like to admit. Um, and I say that as an expat who is from the U.S. and now lives in Canada and have, have even caught myself in that logic at times where I, I say, I'm so glad that I don't live in the U.S. anymore because Canada is a much safer place to be. And again, quantitatively speaking, that is true in some cases, but there are still mass shootings up here. We, we are a handful of years removed from a mass shooting in Quebec City at a mosque. There was a van attacker in North York, Ontario, who was inspired by a mass shooter from Isla Vista, California. Um, and, and every year we commemorate the, the massacre at the Ecole Polytechnique. So um, these, are, these are still issues here. And I, I I, I hope that Canadians don't keep hearing about these tragic shootings and thinking uh, and get complacent and think, okay, well, at least it's not like that up here because uh, we still have those same issues going on. Mm -hmm. How do we protect Canada or at least, um, you know, keep Canada safe or safer uh, than what's happening in the United States? Because so much of what we see uh, comes from American media, what we mm -hmm. consume in certain cases when it comes to social media. How do we yeah. keep Canada Canada, in many ways, as you said, we are generally safer, but uh, these things do happen here. How do we keep Canada safer? Well, I think Canada is doing a decent job in its overall gun control platform. The laws domestically are designed to um, check in on potential gun buyers. So you have to get a license here, which is one extra step that you don't have to go through in the U.S., in many states. So in Canada, you have a thing called a POW, a Possession and Acquisition License, which you have to renew every five years that 
also requires you to take a safety training course. So there's intermittent times to check in with um, people who own guns. Now, the U.S. is kind of the wild, wild west. In a lot of states, you just have to pass an instant background check system, which will only flag you if you have a felony on your record, if you've been hospitalized against your will or dishonorably discharged from the military. Otherwise, it's kind of up to the discretion of the individual who is selling you the firearm. Um, and one thing we do know from you know, extensive peer review research is that most mass shooters actually buy their guns legally. They don't rely on you know, underground networks of gun traffickers. They just go to the Walmart, they go to the gun range, and they submit their ID they sail through the background check system and buy their guns that they then use to kill innocent people. So I think keeping that platform intact is, is a big, big part of why Canada doesn't have that problem. The other one, though, is that we share the border with the U.S. And so uh, many of the guns that are used in crimes in Canada are coming from the U.S. So in many ways, the U.S.'s gun problem is Canada's gun problem. Mm-hmm. In regards to... Um, uh gun violence and even these mass shootings, I guess one could argue, and I just had Professor uh, Jonathan Ganap on before you. He's a Stanford professor who specializes in uh, the Constitution, political culture, and specifically the Second Amendment, the right to, right to bear arms. We do not have that enshrined in our Constitution. Do you think we've just been fortunate be- because of uh, how America was uh, was created, a violent civil war compared to Canada, that perhaps this is part of that issue as well, that we don't have something similar to the Second Amendment? I do think that's a big part because, you know, the Second Amendment is often invoked by gun rights advocates, you know, in, in the U.S. as kind of like a fail-safe. So, um, if, if you have logical arguments, if you have empirical research showing that, you know, guns, not storing guns safely leads to increased deaths or suicides in the home, which is it's well established, um, you always have this law on the books that um, treats having a gun as a right, right, something that is at the very core of what it means to be American, to be a citizen, right? And so it's, it's very much tied into your identity as an American um, and so I think that is an additional hurdle, but I would caution them to, to put everything on the second amendment. I think sometimes people use the second amendment as a, as a legal rationale, as a way to justify, um, porous laws or gun owner, like, you know, gun ownership in the U S but the reasons that people actually own them are, are sometimes more complex. So people own them because it's part of a social thing that they do with their family or friends at the range. They own them because they want, they don't trust the police and they want to defend themselves against um, imagined attackers. You know, so there are, are different reasons for why they actually own guns, but the Second Amendment is sometimes that, that legal foil that they use to, to justify it. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.